global economic crisis affected not only the United States, but nations and regions all over the world. Millions of workers lost their jobs or lost their homes due to foreclosure. Dozens of banks and hundreds of companies failed, as the Wall Street Journal reported in November 2009. The recession may be over, but it could take years before the economy pulls in all the slack it created. My friends, we are living in the prophesied end times revealed in your Bible. Forecasters have given us graphic depictions showing how cities, regions, and planet Earth can be destroyed. Even in recent years, we have already experienced death and destruction from tsunamis, earthquakes, hurricanes, and typhoons, terrorism, famine, disease epidemics, and two world wars ending in 1945 with two atomic bombs delivering massive death and destruction. Since World War II, the world has suffered many regional wars in Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. Now we face a global financial crisis affecting every nation around the world. Is there any hope for the future? Nine nations are known to have nuclear weapons. The United States, Russia, China, France, Israel, the United Kingdom, India, Pakistan, and North Korea. And several more have been working diligently to gain nuclear capability. Will they be used once again? My friends, when we look around us, there seems to be little hope for the future, but your Bible guarantees a new world that will feature lasting peace among all nations. Yes, there is hope for the future of the world, and there is hope for you and your family. There is a new world coming. Stay tuned. Greetings to all our friends around the world. In the last 100 years, humanity has suffered two world wars. World War I resulted in 10 million deaths. World War II, 55 million deaths. More recently, Western military alliances continue to suffer casualties in Iraq and Afghanistan. The Middle East and other hot spots around the world, according to Bible prophecy, will experience major conflicts in the future. My friends, can humanity solve the world's conflicts, wars, and problems? At the end of World War I, United States President Woodrow Wilson proposed a League of Nations that would work together for world peace. After World War II in 1945, the United Nations was formed for the same purpose. And yet the 193 member states of the United Nations have not established the way to lasting world peace. How many years of peace has the world experienced? When we survey the history of the world, it appears that humanity has not learned the lessons. Historians Will and Ariel Durant examined our record of war and peace in their book, The Lessons of History, page 81. They concluded, quote, in the last 3,421 years of recorded history, 
only 268 have seen no war, end of quote. Bible prophecy reveals a coming World War III that will destroy major portions of humanity. But Bible prophecy also gives us hope beyond Armageddon. Notice this amazing prophecy in your Bible, Matthew 24, verse 21. If you have your Bible, and we always encourage you to read these references in your own Bible, turn to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Yes, my friends, those days will be shortened. The Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, will intervene. He will prevent total destruction to planet Earth and all life upon it. There is a new world coming that gives us all hope and comfort. On today's program, we'll examine the prophecies of that new world. Your Bible gives us hope and great expectation for the future. One of the most encouraging scriptures is found in Revelation 11. Turn in your Bible to Revelation 11, verse 15. At the end of the prophetic time period known as the Day of the Lord, God Almighty gives this awesome announcement at the seventh trumpet. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. How will the nations respond to this announcement? Will they welcome the Messiah? Revelation 11, verse 18. The nations were angry, and your wrath is come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. How amazing! The nations will not welcome the Messiah, Jesus Christ. They will even attempt to fight against Christ at His second coming. The world's armies gather at Megiddo for what is commonly called the Battle of Armageddon. But in Revelation 16, verse 14, it is called the Battle of that Great Day of God Almighty. Who will win that battle? We find the answer in Revelation 19. After the marriage supper with the saints mentioned in verse 9, Christ returns with the saints, Revelation 19, verse 14. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed Him on white horses. Now out of His mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it He should strike the nations. And He Himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He Himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And He has on His robe and on His thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Those who fight against Christ in this climactic battle are killed. Revelation 19, verse 19. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies, gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. 
and all birds were filled with their flesh. At this point, I would like to mention that this biblical doctrine is in no way a call for civil disobedience. Jesus Christ told His disciples that they were not to fight in an attempt to bring about this kingdom. You can read about that in John 18, verse 36. In his epistle to the Romans, Paul gives this instruction, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That's Romans 12, verse 18. And let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. We are to have proper respect for governing authorities, knowing that God has given them authority for a time. We look forward to the establishment of a perfect government that will reign on this earth and bring about a period of unprecedented peace, prosperity, and advancement for all mankind. And we recognize that only the return of Jesus Christ could bring about such a dramatic global change. Yes, we look forward to the good news of Christ's return. The King of Kings will defeat the enemies of peace. Revelation chapter 20 sets the stage for a thousand years of peace to follow Christ's return. Satan the devil is bound and cast into the bottomless pit. He will no longer deceive the world with false religions and pagan holidays and customs. Revelation 20 verse 1, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old who is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while. The millennium begins with a new world government, a new world order that will produce lasting world peace. We see that world history demonstrates that mankind does not know the way to peace. We also saw the awesome good news that a new world government is coming, not a government of man, but God's divine government led by the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. We also saw that the perpetrator of evil, Satan the devil, will be cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. He will no longer influence gullible human beings to kill, fight, steal, and sin. Now, how will this new world order be organized? This new world government will be directed by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Notice this important fact. He will also appoint the saints, faithful Christians, to rule with Him. Turn in your Bible to Revelation 20. Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the Word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge.
your Bible reveals the future and it guarantees a thousand years of world peace. But what will that world be like? How will the new world government operate? How can we be sure that generation after generation will enjoy great peace and prosperity? First of all, Christ, the King of Kings, will have the power to stop nations and individuals from rebellion and war. Read this encouraging prophecy in Isaiah 2 and verse 4. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Christ will rebuke warlike people and nations. The weapons of war will be turned to instruments of peace and productivity. Some of you may have seen the sculpture outside the United Nations in New York, depicting a man beating a sword into a plowshare. Imagine how the world will be transformed from destructive methods to productive methods. Today, nations spend billions of dollars on military weapons. The Wall Street Journal's Market Watch posted this headline on June 8, 2009. Global military spending hits a record in 2008. U.S. wars in Middle East lift the world's top military contractors. The article states, Global spending on military armaments and services hit a record in 2008, driven by the U.S. wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and helped by sharp increases in Chinese and Russian defense budgets. For 2008, countries around the world spent $1.5 trillion on weapons, vehicles, and intelligence and reconnaissance services, according to a Monday report from the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, or SIPRI. The amount represented a 4% increase from 2007. The year saw increasing threats to security, stability, and peace in nearly every corner of the globe. The Swedish group said in a statement, the effects of the global financial crisis will be likely to exacerbate these challenges as governments and non-governmental organizations struggle to respond effectively. My friends, the nations of the world are not disarming. They are spending more and more money and resources on military armaments and services. How will we ever have peace on earth? My friends, the good news is the King of Kings will enforce peace among nations. He will rebuke those nations and peoples who would like to fight and kill. Think of all the billions and trillions of dollars spent on military weapons. Tomorrow's world will use those resources to benefit nations for increased productivity and peace. How else will Christ transform the world from war to peace? Remember what we just read in Isaiah 2, verse 4. Neither shall they learn war anymore. For thousands of years, fanatical religions and superpower nations have taught strategies of war. But the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is the Prince of Peace, as it tells us in Isaiah 9, verse 6. The nations must be re-educated in the way of life that produces peace. They must learn the way to peace, not the way to war. At the end of World War II, General Douglas MacArthur focused on the key to world peace. We have had our last chance. 
If we will not devise some greater and more equitable system, our Armageddon will be at our door. The problem basically is theological and involves a spiritual recrudescence and improvement of human character that will synchronize with our almost matchless advances in science, art, literature, and all material and cultural developments of the past 2,000 years. It must be of the Spirit if we are to save the flesh. My friends, General MacArthur clearly saw that a transformation in human character is the key to peace among nations. He said, it must be of the Spirit if we are to save the flesh. That change will come only when the world learns its lesson. The good news is that change of spirit will come during the millennium when Jesus Christ sets up the kingdom of God here on earth. Finally then, our peoples will desire to live by the Bible and the Ten Commandments. But you individually can today learn the way to peace. As we saw in Revelation 20, true Christians will reign with Christ in His coming kingdom. God is now calling His people to train as kings and priests. Isn't it amazing that so few professing Christians understand the glorious calling and future that God is preparing for us? What will the saints, all true Christians, be doing in the coming kingdom? Listen to this song of the saints, Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10. You, speaking of Christ, are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Now listen to this. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. As kings and priests in God's coming kingdom, we will teach the nations the way to peace. In his booklet, Do You Believe the True Gospel, Roderick Meredith states, quote, an awesome future awaits God's saints. They will be empowered to help bring genuine peace and joy to this suffering, bloody world. No more temporary and often worthless Band-Aid solutions. The immortal saints will assist Christ in enacting effective solutions and reforms for all humanity. Yes, they will join with Christ in ruling this world and straightening out the problems where the problems are right here on earth. As Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. And that's from Do You Believe the True Gospel, page 24. God will establish righteous government on this earth. Read this inspiring prophecy in your own Bible, Micah the fourth chapter, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Listen to this. He will teach us His ways, and we shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Here is wonderful news. The nations will be teachable. They will know that true knowledge comes from God and His Word. They will actually desire to know the truth. The laws of God and the way of God. The theory of evolution will not pervade the educational institutions of tomorrow's world. The Word of God is the foundation of knowledge. Yes, there is hope for the future. 
not too many years from now, Jesus Christ will return to transform a world of war, chaos, and carnality into a world of peace, prosperity, fulfillment, and joy. My friends, God's kingdom is coming to this earth soon. There is hope for the future. There is hope for you and your family. If you have your Bible, turn to Zechariah 8, verse 3. The Prince of Peace will teach the way to peace and prosperity. Jerusalem will be the capital of planet Earth. Zechariah 8, verse 3. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each one with his staff in his hand because of great age. The streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Instead of urban violence, gang murders, and the early death of children, families will live safely and securely. Elderly men and women will live in peace and no longer experience so many kinds of abuse. Farms will prosper with sustainable agriculture. Read this inspiring prophecy in Amos 9, verse 13. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. My friends, our polluted planet will be renewed. Your Bible reveals our glorious future in many prophecies. Let's turn to another inspiring chapter revealing the future, Isaiah 35, verse 1. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. Verse 6, For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. In God's coming kingdom on earth, Christ will heal people of all their infirmities. Remember when Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God? He healed thousands. For example, read Matthew 12, verse 15. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Isaiah 35, verse 5 also tells us, The eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like the deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. My friends, there is hope for the future of the world, and there is hope for your future. Today's faithful Christians, the true saints, will be in the first resurrection to assist Christ in ruling the world. They will usher in the millennium of world peace. The glorious kingdom of God on earth will produce beauty and productivity the world has never known. God has blessed the earth with awesome, majestic mountains, fertile valleys, and productive plains. We marvel at pristine lakes and churning oceans. 
We appreciate the variety of flowers, plant life, birds, animals, and sea life. Even the very nature of animals will change. Isaiah gives us this millennial vision. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. May God speed the coming of His kingdom. It is coming soon. You need to pray, Your kingdom come. You need to be watching the prophetic trends and signs heralding Christ's return. We've only begun to explain the wonderful future promised under the coming kingdom of God. Many passages of Scripture reveal extraordinary details on what life will be like under the reign of Jesus Christ. God's law explains proper methods of education, agriculture, business, health, and family relationships. Through His law and way of life, God teaches us what He expects of Christians today, as well as what will be the normal course of action in His kingdom. If you would like to learn more about the glorious future God has planned, please visit our website which will be shown momentarily to read our booklet, The World Ahead, What Will It Be Like? This booklet goes into greater detail than we have had time to cover on this program. At our website, you can also find literature covering a host of important biblical topics. Be sure to join us every week on Tomorrow's World. Gerald Weston and I will continue to share with you the teachings of Jesus Christ and exciting end-time prophecies and their meaning. We'll bring you clear information on biblical topics relative to your life and your future. Join us again next week right here at the same time. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The preceding program has been produced by the Living Church of God.